0: have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working but there's something inside of you that says I just have to. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. This is season 2, episode 5, and we have just finished the first week of the latest 60-day mind and body challenge. So if you are a listener from the group Well done. Congratulations on completing your first week. We have seven weeks to complete the checklist. If you're unaware of the 60 day mind or body challenge, then um, I'll just quickly run through the rules. It's walk 10k steps a day. Do your daily positive affirmations every single day. Wake up at 6.30am early risers and make sure you're getting between two and three liters of water depending on your body weight and work out minimum four times per week for the next, well, next seven weeks. So if you're interested, definitely check the Facebook group out if you're already a member. Come over there and join join the discussion, get involved, get posting, get commenting, get liking. It's a really, really fun place to be over there, very inspiring, and a lot of the girls are sharing their journey with this challenge. Today's podcast is going to be on dieting and nutrition, because I think it's something that... A lot of my clients struggle with and it's the main thing within their lifestyle that they tend to find pretty difficult because it's a massive change and especially when we've learnt quite a lot of bad behaviours with food and learnt quite a lot of fad dieting behaviours, it's quite tricky to unpick. It's totally achievable to change your mindset with food. So I really wanted to touch upon some of the diets that I've tried and failed at over the years, and the diet that I find the absolute gold dust of diets. So first of all, I'm going to go into a little bit of a backstory, because I think this is quite relatable, and I think we all had quite similar similar mums. It seems to be that anyway. When I get speaking to a lot of girls that are my age, it seems to be a common theme with our mums going through this fad dieting mindset, which is obviously a factor in why we kind of replicate the same behaviors that our parents show us. And when you're surrounded by fad dieting as a teenager, it's definitely impactful on your lifestyle. I know that for sure. When when I was younger, my mum was one of those mums into the Atkins diet, which is um high fat, low carb diet. And seeing her, I'm not, I'm not totally not putting the blame on my mom. I think it's a societal thing that we have to deal with as a society. And uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of people trying to push their own agendas, using their qualifications as a way to prove that their agenda is the right agenda. And people profiting off people's problems in a non-ethical way and I think this is really important to be mindful of as well when you're reading information it's really important to look at the information that people are pushing and really think are they are they selling something for one because that is often a conflict of interest because if they are selling something then it kind of not always, but sometimes it does undermine their qualifications, especially when they seem to be ignoring the fact that these kind of extreme diets can lead to a long, hard stretch of disordered eating and eating disorders. There's someone I'm talking about specifically, and I'm actually talking about Dr. Mosley. Recently, came out with an interview on this morning about 800 calorie diets, and I know I'm not the only one that that interview got uh, got my back up, and I know I know I'm not the only one that. that Infuriated a lot of people because it's pushing this um, extreme fad diet on people that if you want to lose weight, then you need to do it in an extreme way, which is not the case at all, Um, and it's not um, a healthy way to do it with. When you think about your mental health and your relationship with food, I just really am against, I'm against the whole fad diet culture. And I am one of the people that was very, very susceptible to these fad diets because of my history with fad dieting, my yo-yo dieting history. I was a classic example. I, If you would draw somebody who would fall for the fad diet and buy everything to do with a fad diet in the hopes that it was going to help me lose weight, I was literally the target audience for that and that's why I'm so passionate about it because I really want to help people get out of that whole yo-yo dieting phase and just kind of touch upon diets that have really really made me spiral out of control and diet the diet the only diet that I will stick to now which I will also talk about in this podcast episode uh-huh. So I'm going to kind of briefly touch upon um, my history. I know I've spoken about this quite a few times before. So if you've already listened to my story, I will just briefly, briefly touch upon it so you don't get bored. So from a teenager, I was a very, um, chunky teenager, had chunky legs. I was called Thunder size and I was very much bullied for my weight. And I was the kind of teenager, as soon as I hit puberty, that's when my weight started spiraling out of control. And I just started gaining what, what parents like to call puffy, puppy fat. <laughs> um, I was the classic puppy fat teenager, um, and I just had really, really low self-confidence when I was younger, I was as shy as you can possibly get, everybody used to call me quiet and shy, which I'm not gonna lie, I grew to really hate, and I saw, saw being shy and being reserved as a very negative thing, because people... Made it a negative thing in my life, and I think, I think that does stem from my weight and my weight issues and my self confidence, which over time has has grown, and I've kind of come out of that, come out of that shell that I was in in school. But in school, I went through a special K diet because. I saw my mom doing the Atkins diet, I saw my nan doing the Atkins diet and quite a lot of women in my personal life that I had direct contact with all seemed to have these obsessions with dieting so from a very young age I already was exposed to diet culture And I think that that is replicated across my generation. I think a lot of girls had a very similar upbringing to me in that sense that they were surrounded by a lot of women in their life with dieting, surrounded by a lot of women in their life who also went through diet, fad diets and diet culture. Um, once I did special K, I, I think I probably lost, lost a little bit of weight and then I just put, put it all back on because it was a very short term fad diet. I think it lost, it it lasted about two weeks. Um, so it was extremely low calorie for two weeks. And of course that is not healthy whatsoever for a 14 year old growing girl who needs the energy to, perform at school and to learn and to 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 do exams. It's just a very, very extremely important time at school where you do need the right fuel in your body. You don't need to be doing these extreme diets, especially at that, that teenage age where it's highly important for your brain development. And then I kind of like, spiraled. So every couple of years or every year I'd be doing something new and I'd go and go to my family with a new fad diet that was trendy at that time, like low carb, raw till four, five, two diet, intermittent fasting. And then more recently, my latest fad diet that I last did before I became a PC was keto. Now, if you don't know what keto is, it is a high fat, low carb, extremely low carb diet. You try and keep your net carbs under 50 grams. Some people do it lower, some people do it slightly higher and do a relaxed, relaxed version of keto. And Because you're minimizing the carbs in your body, your body starts to go into ketosis. Now, if you don't know what ketosis is, ketosis is a process that happens when your body doesn't have enough carbs to burn for energy. So instead, it burns the fats um, and makes things called ketones, which can be used for fuel. The problem is a lot of us don't tend to go to our doctor before doing these types of diets or nutrition because we don't have the access. We don't have the money to be able to pay for a private nutritionist to advise us on what diet we should we should do based on our current circumstances, based on our health. And ketosis, if you actually do a little bit of research, um, ketosis can be harmful for with for people um, with certain health conditions. If you have thyroid problems, for example, or have problems with your pancreas or liver or gallbladder, and a lot of um, these things aren't actually taken into account when people decide to go down the fad diet route. Um, obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm just quoting things that I've read online and read on um, medicine websites and Universities, university research, etc. etc. Now, I am not denying that keto is very, very good for certain types of people. Keto was originally created for epileptic children. There's so many things to consider with nutrition that we often don't um, actually even think about when we're changing our diet extremely. And Obviously we're all individuals, we're not the same as each other and we all require different needs and there's so much to learn with nutrition. Obviously I don't have a nutrition degree, so there's only so much I can say and only so much I know as well. And my personal experience with keto, um it affected my period, so it basically made my period really late. So it was messing with my cycles. And that is something that you really do need to consider when you're thinking about dieting as well, because dieting for men and women is completely different. And dieting in an extreme place uh, can affect your fertility and it can affect your period and your cycles and once it starts messing with your period and you lose your period that is really where you're going into a danger zone and you you really need to be thinking about the long-term effects that 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 diet is going to have on your body because your health is extremely important and your health is way more valuable than what you look like, that's something that you need to really, really think about. So with keto, I did the 50 gram version, I did the quite extreme version, and over the course of a month, I lost eight pounds, which really, when you think about it, I mean, that's the maximum that's recommended by uh, the guidelines, um, is, is two pound per week, As recommended as a healthy amount, I would actually say that is is virgin on the unhealthy amount. I would say around one pound is quite a good amount to lose per week because you want to do it slowly. You want to make sure that you're going to keep it off, and you want to make sure that you are implementing a positive lifestyle change, not a diet, not a quick fix, but a lifestyle change. That is exactly what helps you keep the weight off and become healthy and happy within your relationship with food. And one thing I really noticed with keto is I felt sick all the time. And obviously you are on a higher fat um, content diet. So it does make you feel fuller for longer, but that's a lot of that is down to the fact that fat contains more calories than carbs and protein. So of course, it's going to make you feel fuller for longer. One gram of fat equates to nine calories and one gram of protein and carbs equates to four calories. So there's a lot more calorie content within fat than carbs and protein. So you've got to also factor that in. Um, But with with a lot of these diets, they tend to give you all these rules and restriction when actually the main common theme within the, them all is that it puts you into ca- a calorie deficit. No matter what diet you are going to be on, they all have a common theme of putting you into a calorie deficit and your energy in versus your energy out is less. And that is essentially what helps you lose weight. For me, keto in the first week or two was this interesting thing that I I was having to be more creative with my food and I was having to find ways around the fact that I couldn't have any sugar. So what I was doing is instead of having cakes and cookies and sweet things, I was making keto versions. I was making keto mug cakes. I was making keto breads. And the problem with using a lot of sugar replacements like sweeteners is one of the symptoms of using a lot of them, they make you shit yourself. And I'm not just talking, oh, just a quick, quick, quick glue. I'm talking about literally makes you shit your guts out. And th- I'm not going to lie. They were, they were okay for the fact that I was on the diet. But if you put the real thing versus a keto version, they're not the same. They're really not the same. And it made it even worse because I was doing vegan keto. So it was even more restrictive and you just had to be very, very clever with your meal planning. It just took so long to make meals every day. It was just very, very time consuming for, what I would say, little reward. I did feel like my energy levels increased in the first week or two and what I would suggest with that is that kind of happens with any, any lifestyle you change, you do. If you start eating more, you will of course, your energy levels will be increased. And it's kind of almost a mental thing as well. Doing something new excites you. It makes you feel like you're actually doing something towards your goal. When in reality, when you be that restrictive, it actually has a counter counter effect later on down the line. And even if you don't think it does, it will do eventually. I know it really impacted my relationship with carbs when I came off keto and, um, what I, what I did was probably the worst thing you could do is literally spend a day of overeating on everything that I'd missed out on the whole month. And I also think that's quite dangerous because what you should be doing, if you're on a very, very restrictive diet like that, and especially when you're cutting out carbs, you should be Easing yourself out of it, you shouldn't be going from one day that restrictive in ketosis to the next day overeating and drive your sugar sugars through the roof compared to the previous day. I just don't think that is a very healthy, not only for mental but physical health as well. Coaching all of the girls that I've coached has really given me an insight. the The common theme that we've learned is that restricting ourselves is the only way to lose weight but that isn't just not the case it's not true that we have to suffer and be starving hungry to lose the weight we can do it gradually we can do it over time and that will also help in the long run especially if you've got a lot of weight to lose you don't want to be doing it super fast you don't want to be losing all of that weight really fast from a fad diet where it's not teaching you about nutrition, it's not teaching you about um, the content of your food and how you should be on a varied diet. So now I'm gonna talk about the diet that you need to do. If you wanna lose weight, or even if you want to gain weight and build some muscle, the, the, the the only diet that you should be doing is a calorie deficit or calorie maintenance or a calorie surplus. And I know it's quite difficult for people that are used to meal plans and specific diets that tell you exactly what to eat. You don't have to think about anything, but you've just got to think about the long game and how important it is to implement healthy habits with food and nutrition and learn about nutrition now. How beneficial is that going to be for you and not only just you, but your kids? You're gonna be able to pass on some valuable information that otherwise wouldn't be passed on to them. And and again, you're repeating the same mistakes that your parents have done and your grandparents and your great grandparents. And you want to stop the cycle. You want to stop the cycle now, nip it in the bud, and let's just educate ourselves on good nutrition and balance and varied things and eating things that we, we enjoy and the best, the best way to go is, is the 80-20 rule because the 80-20 rule allows us to still enjoy things that aren't as nutritionally dense as other things like cookies or crisps or things like that with a, with that have high saturated content in them or higher salts or higher sugars. You can still include those things in your diet it's a case of maybe including 20% of those kinds of foods in your diet and then the rest of the 80% you're getting from high protein things and um good sources of carbs like sweet potatoes and rice. These nice whole food things that are grown in the ground are going to be thriving in essential vitamins and minerals that are going to make your body run efficiently. Why do we want to put ourselves through the misery of having a a fad diet to stick to for two months? Yes, the weight might come off quicker, but in the long term, essentially what you're doing is damage to your body and it's serious stuff you can impact your period you can impact your thyroid you can have thyroid problems later on down the line and it's just not worth it it's really not worth it what is worth it is taking some time to really learn about nutrition and how your plate should be looking in terms of protein fats and carbs and just really optimally running your body and giving it the fuel it deserves Okay, now I'm going to touch upon what a calorie deficit is because some of you will know what a calorie deficit deficit is, um, but you might be struggling to work out your calorie deficit. So there's loads of calorie counters that you can find online. My suggestion would be is don't take what my fitness pal says because quite often they give you extremely low calorie um, goal for the day. Uh, personally, what I would do, what I would suggest is go online and find a calorie calculator. There's, there's tons and tons. The one that, um, I like to use is the TDEE, uh, which is, which stands for total daily energy expenditure. Now this calorie counter actually specifies your basic metabolic rate as well. And this is really, really important to look at. So don't just look at your maintenance calories, look at your BMR, because what you want to do is find a sweet spot that is a deficit, but you don't want to be going below your BMR. That's going to be far too low. And your basic metabolic rate calories are the basic amount of calories that your body uses through the day to do basic functions. So, um, Breathing, running your uh, oxygen supply through your body, your blood supply, things like that. Just, just generic things that are going on daily without you even realizing they need energy to do those things. So you don't want to be going below the BMR. What you want to do is find a little bit of a sweet spot, trying to put yourself in a smaller deficit than a lot of people tend to do. You don't need to be going a thousand calories below your maintenance calories. That will probably be way too much and you'll find yourself really tired, sluggish, and your performance will be impacted as a result. Unless you're doing specific sports like bodybuilding, bodybuilders competitors end up consuming very, very little and Normal everyday people don't need to be doing this. We don't need to be minimizing our portions. So we're literally eating three green, be- three green beans, 100 grams of chicken and a tiny portion of rice. No one wants to do that. That is boring. People who bodybuild and do competitions are on prep. They have to minimize their um, calorie calorie consumption in order to compete. And arguably it's incredibly unhealthy as well, just to add. So you don't need to be eating like a bodybuilder. You can still get extremely good results by eating just below maintenance if you need to lose weight or even eating at maintenance if you want to do recomposition of your body and lose fat and build muscle at a similar rate. This is quite difficult, but you can do it. And how you would do that would be to eat at maintenance calories. So you'd go do the same thing, you'd go to the TDEE website and put in your body stats, and then it will throw up a figure for maintenance calories. Alternatively, if you wanted to build muscle, you would have to be in a slight calorie surplus, a slight calorie surplus as um, that will minimize fat gain. And A calorie surplus is just increasing your energy input. So you might start off by eating about 10% of your maintenance calories extra on top of your maintenance to take you into a calorie surplus. I hope you found this podcast episode insightful and it's helped you... um, Really rethink fad diets and diet culture. You're probably already on the same page as me anyway. You might find a lot of this is relatable and maybe you have had um, a lot of female influences in your life which have caused you to go down a long journey of fad dieting. But we are here now. We have the experiences, we have the mistakes to learn from and... Thanks for listening and don't forget to hit the download button because it really helps this podcast out and leave me a little review if you haven't already. Thank you. Bye.